Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte, a series of podcasts brought to you by Lavelle Law Limited. Throughout this series, the attorneys from Lavelle Law will share their answers to questions about a variety of topics for individuals and small businesses. To participate in today's discussion, you can email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. Corporate structure has, has been a topic that uh, we've we'll discussed a number of times here on Chicago's Legal Latte. We've looked at the topic from a number of different angles, both as a standalone issue and at times as part of uh, subtext of a different discussion. Hi, everybody. This is Jim Mitchell. And today, corporate structure will play a role in our conversation, but uh, is not necessarily the focal point. But I'm going to be joined by attorney Stephen Magala, and, and we'll be looking at uh, a reverse stock split situation and how that might be used to remove shareholders from their position. And, of course, when we talk about shareholders and structure, that uh, that all plays together. Now, while the reverse stock split is our focus, it seems that uh, the manner in which a business was originally structured may factor into it, so we'll, we'll kind of touch on that as well. So, as I mentioned a moment ago, my guest is Attorney Stephen Magala of LaBelle Law Limited. Uh, Stephen is very well-versed in our topics and provides great de- detail and background whenever he joins us. So let's get to it. Stephen, thanks for being here today. Thanks, Jim. Thanks for having me. Um, you know, I think many of us are aware of a general stock split and the fact that it results in more shares being available at a lower price in, in a traditional way. Um, tell me about a reverse stock split. Sure, sure. A reverse stock split um, is really a good method of eliminating minority shareholders. Uh, as you mentioned, it's kind of the reverse or the opposite of a conventional stock split. So rather than um, the corporation's charter being amended to authorize additional shares of stock as in a traditional stock split, the charter is uh, amended to substantially decrease the number of authorized and issued shares. They you know, generally permit direct and relatively inexpensive uh, way to eliminate uh, minority shareholders in public or closely held corporations. Okay. Yeah, we'll want to talk about that a little bit and figure out uh, the scenarios and, and reasons behind some of that. Now, if this were uh, an option here, a reverse stock split, how does that get enacted? You said that you know you, the charter calls for so many issues of, of stock, and you sort of reverse that back. Is it a complicated process? Um, the Act, uh, the Business Corporation Act, uh, ha- provides a procedure in terms of what, what you have to do. Generally, it's accomplished by way of an amendment to a uh, corporation's Articles of Incorporation, uh, which is approved by the directors, and then there are also the uh, requisite number, often it's two-thirds, of the shares entitled to vote, and that's under uh, Section 10.20 of the Act. And you mentioned several times now, and I think what we'll talk about a little bit later is, you know, this is a way to eliminate minority shareholders. Is that the primary reason for a reverse split, or are there other reasons one might get used? Um, yeah, you know, typically uh, uh, what we see in its use is uh, you know, maybe as a mop-up technique following some sort of tender offer as a way to maybe reduce corporate expenses, simplify corporate procedures, and just, uh, you know, cash out uh, just certain minority shareholders um, and, and, and to eliminate them, frankly. And just to be clear, I also want to go back to something else you said. This could be publicly traded or privately held companies that would do this. It, it works the same way either way. Right, right, yeah. Uh, and the, the reverse stock split scenario, really, there's no distinction between public or privately held. Okay, okay. 
So um, let's talk about the situation here where they're trying to eliminate, uh, for whatever reason, the my, minority shareholders. Um, you know, it seems to be that is is what happens. Can the can the board basically you know cash those people out entirely? Yes, that, that's what that's what would happen in the reverse tax splits uh, situation. So, um, in lieu of issuing fractional shares, uh, uh, with, depending on the ratio they use, certain minority shareholders then would have uh, less than a whole share. So, in, in lieu of issuing fractional shares, then the board has the option under Section 6.15 of the Act to pay cash equal to the what's called the fair value of each fractional share. So that's how they would then cash out the uh, minority shareholders. So say you have you know a corporation with um, uh, uh, you know lots of shares uh, and lots of shareholders. They want to cash them out so that only maybe you know the top three shareholders remain. Then you try to figure out the ratio of you know what what that's what that's going to take so that you have. Um, than uh, minority shareholders who would end up with just a fractional share interest in terms of uh, which shareholders you want to try to cash out, and so then you you know adjust the ratio to cause the minority shareholders who you are targeting to, for for cashing out to have just a fractional share. And and it, I would assume that normally in a in a board situation, if if it's the majority of the board that wants to pursue this action, that's that's all it takes is to have. Uh, enough people on the board to, to initiate this and, and support it? Right. It's got to be approved by the directors, and then um, then it goes to the shareholders. And uh, typically, the act typically says two-thirds of the shares that tell to vote have to approve it, but, you know, uh, that, that number can, can be varied uh, depending on our uh, corporation's charter, so you have to kind of look at a case-by-case situation. And, you know, depending on the corporation and what their um, charter says and, and see if that two-thirds requirement varies. Um, you know, if not, then typically just two-thirds of the shares entitled to vote under the Act would would need to approve uh, the re- the reverse stock split. And in reverse stock splits are the topic for today here on the podcast. My guest is Attorney Stephen Magala. He is uh, with Lavelle Law Limited, um, where he is one of the now 19 accomplished attorneys in the firm. And as I've done in the past, I really encourage folks listening to take time to visit the firm's website at lavellelaw.com. The site includes profiles of all of the partners, all the attorneys, along with detailed descriptions of what is now more than a dozen specific practice groups within the firm. And uh, Stephen and his colleagues often publish articles. Uh, Stephen does have one on this very topic posted on the site there as well. Uh, Everything's easily accessible. And uh, you can also find past podcasts that uh, feature all of the attorneys. So um, very resourceful place if you're looking for information on a, a number of legal topics. Now, Steve, as we return to the conversation today, I assume that in some cases, uh, you know, a minority shareholder is going to be okay with a reverse split. They're going to, you know, cash out, and that may be why they were there in the first place, but maybe not always the case. Does does a minority shareholder have certain rights to challenge or contest or somehow hold up a reverse stock split process? Um, yeah, they have uh, minority shareholders have dissenters' rights under sections 1165 and 1170 of the Act uh, to again obtain payment for the fair value of their shares. Uh, the Act focuses on this concept of fair value. Uh, in both cases, uh, fair value is determined without lack of marketability and minority discounts. So um, 
when the corporation goes to pay the uh, minority shareholders for their fractional shares, they can't then further discount that value for uh, lack of marketability and, and minority uh, interests. Uh, we often see that situation in kind of the um, privately held corporation context. Under uh, Section 1165B, a shareholder who is entitled to dissent and obtain payment, uh, one of the good things then about with, uh, exercising share, uh, dissenters' rights is under that section, 1165B, that uh, if, if they uh, um, exercise their dissenters' rights and, and obtain payment, they then can't challenge the reverse stock split itself unless the action is fraudulent with respect to the shareholder or would uh, constitute a breach of the fiduciary duty owed to that shareholder. So um, in one sense, it, it's good that uh, if, they, if they exercise the center's rights, then they can pay them their fair value, and then they can't then challenge the uh, the underlying act of, of the reverse stock split. Mm -hmm. Now, you, you mentioned something there as we were talking about um, the process and, and the corporate structure. And, and at the beginning of the podcast, I had thrown in the topic of corporate structures being relevant here. Um, and I want to bring that up because, you know, it sounds to me the possibility of being edged out via a reverse stock split would seem to be something one should consider before committing capital, before you agree to be a minority shareholder. Is, is there anything that should be done up front to potentially protect against being washed out, or is that just simply the reality of being a minority shareholder? Well, certainly you can kind of contra contract around the possibility of a minority sh of, of, of you know if, if we have a client that's a minority shareholder, we can kind of uh, potentially contract around this um, possibility of a reverse stock split by uh, in a shareholder agreement, um, providing for the mechanics of you know uh, what to do if uh, somebody um, wants to be bought out. Um, and so we, you know, we could use shareholder agreements and contractual provisions to uh, to kind of govern uh, that relationship. Uh, but you know, if you're a majority shareholder and you know you don't have anything like that uh, contractually, and and you want to you know use the X procedures to uh, uh, conduct a reverse stock split, you know that's something you can definitely look at. And but you know just be with the caveat, I guess, of um, that the majority shareholder should really anticipate paying a fair price for the minority shareholder shares, again, unreduced by any discounts because the Act focuses on this fair value concept that you know, does not really take into account any sort of um, minority or lack of marketability discounts that you know, most appraisers would, would take into account. Okay. And I think this all, you know, let me just wrap things up here by asking you about what we talk about frequently, which is you know, anytime you enter a business agreement, you start a business, you take on partnerships, whatever it is, Good documentation, good agreements up front are, are absolutely critical. And, and this, I think, points to the case that in the life cycle of any business, you know, there's an annual report, there's other things that need to be done. It's always good to, to stay in touch with your attorney, your accountants, your team of, of advisors to make sure that the agreement you originally put in place is still valid for that business. And a business is sort of a, a living, breathing thing, and it, it requires constant attention to prevent or make sure that the right decisions can and will be made fairly for everybody. Definitely. All right. Well, let's wrap up. Steve McGall, thank you very much for being with us today. Um, as always, appreciate the time and uh, look forward to conversations with uh, Stephen and some of his colleagues coming up. We've got a, a number of uh, interesting uh, topics that we'll be talking about here in Chicago's Legal Latte. So uh, best thing to do is uh, keep an eye on uh, the website at lavellelaw.com. 
And uh, if you follow us here on Blog Talk Radio, you can always take a look at what's coming up and go back and catch any of the past podcasts as well. Now, if you need any advice from Stephen or any of the other attorneys at the firm, 847-705-7555 is the number there. And they're always available for consultation and uh, sharing advice just like you hear here on the podcast. Uh, look forward to having you join me for future episodes. Thanks very much for being here today. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Chicago's Legal Latte. If you have any questions or topics for a future episode, please call Lavelle Law Limited at 847-705-7555 or email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com.